What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. And we're finally, finally back to podcasting. We ended up doing a little bit of a break there. We're going to call the last few episodes season one, maybe season zero, kind season of like negative one, trying to test out <laughs> the uh, format and make sure that we you know, enjoyed what we were doing and that we were capable of recording all this stuff. But now we're professionalizing things a little bit for the beginning of either season one or season two, depending on how we de- <laughs> how we decide zero. to uh, call the last one. And we've still got Whitney here and we've got Josh up in Colorado. Uh, he's on screen somewhere. He's not in the office with us, though he's here in spirit. It's like the Brady Bunch. He's either below us or above us to the side. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to do things a little bit different today. It's going to be a little bit non-traditional since we are starting this on a new channel. It's still Bottom Sprocket, but we decided to move it out to its own place so that it could go out to pasture and live a good life. (laughs) And uh, we're going to start off with just general basic introductions today and all that fun stuff for those folks out there who may have never heard of us before, which would be interesting. This is your first time seeing any of our faces. Let us know down below or in whatever podcast form you're listening to this. Shout in. it into the void as you sit in traffic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Someone that all of, all of the people we'll around would love that. And speaking of which, Josh, where can everybody find this? Because I'm a weirdo and I watch <laughs> all of my podcasts on YouTube. You're weird. Yep, that's totally an option, especially if you have like a YouTube premium or something like that, so you can play it without having the video open. Um, but every podcast platform, so Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, iHeartMedia has podcasts. The hosting platform that we put this on actually had one as well. It's Podbean, so if you download their app, you can listen to it there, or the website. Uh, it's going to be uh, on screen now. I'll show it to you because <laughs> I can't remember it. <laughs> Using magic. Sweet. So literally everywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us, which uh, means that we're coming for you. We're, we're hunting you down. Wherever wherever you're listening, we will find you or you will find us. Depends on how you want to look at it. And today we're just going to we're going to have fun. We're going to keep it nice and light, probably a little bit shorter and just reintroduce everybody to lot. Uh, so starting things off, I feel like we probably ought to hand it over to Whitney for your self intro here. Where <laughs> where can people find? Because we all have our own various outlets. Uh, where can people find your stuff? What do you do? What do you ride? What we, do you like? We are a trifecta, right? Yes, we are. We're we're pooling together a prism of motorcycle enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm Whitney. You can find my YouTube channel at Whitney Does. I also have a separate esoteric podcast where we talk a lot about religion and the fall and rides of humanity. That's uh, the Megan and Whitney show. And I met Jake and Josh through working at Yammy Noob however many years ago. Four years ago? Something like that, yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like pandemic time. It was pandemic times. So that that was those were yep. interesting days, and uh, ridden, halcyon days. I would say we've ridden four hundred and twenty thousand bikes together. Um, Something like that. Yeah, we've traveled, and now here we are. And now you live like just a short hop down the toll road from me. So hell yeah. Yeah, and with that, Josh, tell the people who you is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm Josh. I also met this bunch at Yammy Um <laughs> And now I'm in Colorado. So I left uh, Austin where we were living and I moved up here and work at GeForce Power Sports. Uh, it's a 
big multi-brand dealership in Lakewood, Colorado. Or it's, it's in Denver, but uh, technically Lakewood. Uh, I'm the marketing manager there. So I run all of our anything that you could loosely describe as marketing or too technical for everyone there at the dealership. <clears throat> that, those are my jobs. So our digital marketing, you know, we do email marketing, text marketing, website, um, also any content creation, social media and stuff like that. So I wear a lot of hats there. And um, I also work for a company, Ride Adventures now. So uh, if you want to go tour motorcycles, hit me up about that because uh, they're taking people to Baja, Vietnam, like all cool. kinds of crazy places around the world. And uh, I help them with some e-commerce conversion stuff. Um, but I ride a ton. So I've been, I have access to a rental fleet here in Colorado that I get to ride when I want to. That has dirt bikes and adventure bikes and other street bikes and stuff like that. Um, as well as my own three motorcycles. I'm a big uh, Suzuki fan. So I have an SV650. I have a 1982 GS 1100E. And uh, I just bought a new 2023 GSX-8S, uh, which I bought a month and a half ago. And I've already got a couple thousand miles on it. So I've been riding, riding the crap out of it. Yeah, he, he couldn't take the heat. So he literally got out of the kitchen and went to some place where it's actually tolerable in the summer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got to ride that GSX-8S, the whole video, uh, which is on the channel. And that bike is sweet. It is a ton of fun. A lot, a really enjoyable a, ride. I would say. Is it a canyon carver? Are you carving canyons, Josh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I take it to the track. I mean, the suspension is not like everything you want, um, but I'll probably get it there. You know, it's totally fine, and and you know, it's a balanced bike. That's kind of like I bought it. Like I ordered it before they were even in dealerships. Um, because I kind of just went on faith and trusted Suzuki. I was like, look, everything that's on this piece of paper looks good. And I'm going to kind of trust you that I'll like it. Uh, and it worked out, but it could have definitely backfired on me. It is the ultimate in classic Suzuki energy. Basically, what they did was they were like, we're going to make a motorcycle. And it's not going to have a single problem. <laughs> and it's not going to have a single thing that stands out. And it's yep. going to sell really, really well. <laughs> it's exactly what Suzuki has been doing forever. And uh, the motor is bulletproof. It sounds great. Even with the stock pipe on it, it sounded pretty darn good. And uh, I would say out of the box, you're hard pressed <clears> to <throat> find a better bike for like, what is it? $8,600, oh, $8,700, something like that. Yep. Yeah. You, you, you know, some dealerships are not even moving them that well right now. So you, I've, I've seen some people get some discounts on them already. That's um, insane that they can't move them. And, and, this is the best yeah. part about having Josh on right now because he's literally inside the Borg. He's he's got so much insight that like neither of us can get. Oh, we're because like, what do you he, mean they're not selling? They should always sell. Yeah, how can, <laughs> how could the GSX-8S not be selling right now with it being so cheap and so like just perfectly adequate? I don't get it. Yeah, I mean we'll get into it in a in an episode here pretty quickly, but everything's a little bit down in power sports, but. Got a lot to say. Oh yeah, that is going to be episode two. So sit tight for that one. We're going to finish out our introductions here. Uh, but kicking it back to you, Whitney, what um, what bikes do you have in the stable, and where are you going with motorcycles? Because I know one of them is currently its head is sitting on the chopping block, waiting for yeah, the axe. Yeah, for like what six months now. So I had a beautiful fleet of neo retro. Like I went balls deep. Like the second 
You saw a wave of Neo Retro bikes hitting the market. I was there buying every single one. I had an XSR 900. I had a Ducati Scrambler. I had a BMW R9 T. <laughs> I had a Husqvarna 701 that I rode home in the snow. Um, but now I've totally overdosed on that. It was great. It was beautiful. They're sexy bikes. Now get the hell away from me. Like now I want to diversify my riding. So I am 100% going to get a YZ 250. I don't know what the, what's the X or the F. Uh, X Josh. I think is the motocross <laughs> and then F is the dual sport. No, they have the, so the, yeah, X is motocross. Uh, the FX is the, uh, cross country bike is technically what it is. So. It's made for fast riding in multiple different types of terrain, like trails and stuff, but always, not, it's not an enduro bike. I always come back to the YZ. Mm-hmm. I've ridden a lot of them now at Spokes. <laughs> Did you know we could bring any bike there we want? Yeah, that's whenever? why I'm getting my Hawk fixed. <laughs> and then I'm going to take the Hawk there. It's definitely got a bent rim. The front rim is definitely bent on it, but I don't care. And I'm going to take it to Spokes and it's going to have all of like 12 horsepower. And I don't care. I, I am now at a point in my riding as I have more kids, I want to load the bike up. I want to drive to the place. I want to have fun. And then I want to sit in an AC goddamn condition car on the way back. Yep. Like I want to live that life. I want the camper with the juice boxes and the grills. And like, like I'm just watching other people at spokes do that. And I'm like, am I fucking up? That's and my instructor was like, yeah, you're fucking up. What are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I don't know, but that's the life I want to live. So diversifying riding. Cause I always just envisioned being 50. I'm going to ride to Patagonia. Right. You can't do that unless you've ridden off road before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so now I'm going backwards. So goodbye R9T. Smart Peelin stays for now. XSR is gone, and then motocross bike is next. Are you going to add another street bike, or are you just going to keep the Smart as your road bike? I'm always like, man. I saw an MT10 yesterday. I was like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> it was all decked out at the coffee shop, and I I admired him just riding to the coffee shop on an MT10. Sometimes I think about that. You you rode a dad bike at AF1. It had the panniers. Mm-hmm. MT10 it was life. full dad mode and it was 10 grand. Oh. Wow. It was it, it had full shad panniers. Uh, I don't know if it had a top box or not, but it definitely had a plate that you could put a top box on. So you could get the full suite of hard bags. It had a tall windscreen. It even had the like mushy grips, the like anti-vibe mushy grips oh, on it. Dude, pure, pure comfort. With with cruise control and all that fun stuff, and it was like from 2018. It was the last gen before they did the whole like facelift and added the TFT and all the like fancy bullshit that you don't need. So that, it's still just an I, R1. I might dabble and like get one of those for a little bit. It doesn't make sense right now. I'm just trying to focus on on dirt bike riding. I but, saw your Tuono video. Are you going to get a Tuono? No, God, no. Absolutely, <laughs> the bike is not for me. I can appreciate it for what it is, but. Not for me. So vicious. Do you know how comfortable it was being six months pregnant riding that goddamn thing? Like, Give me the fuck off this stupid bike. <laughs> I'm sure it was just awesome to ride. It, it's so effortless. I mean, it is. It's a great time to be alive. Once again, episode two. Go go on to episode two. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it in. But what do you got in the stable? You can do. Oh my god! Park your goddamn cars in your garage. I can't. No, my well. So the ca- the cars live outside because they're yeah, they they're do. the mules that. And if you saw when you walked up behind the van, it's just leaking oil all over my brand new driveway. Uh, but you know, yeah, you know what? It's a Ford. It just marks its territory. What are you gonna do? 
Um, so, yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, I have a YouTube channel called Spites Corner. It's where I do all kinds of stuff. I review bikes. I... Uh, Wrench I'm currently on wrenching on a Hawk 250, which is a ton of fun. Um, people don't seem to be loving it, which is a little odd. Maybe they just aren't a big fan of off-road riding, and who knows. But I've <laughs> uh, I've been doing a whole bunch of stuff this last year. I've been traveling. I've been going to events. Josh almost broke my arm in Utah on a FE 501. I'm going to blame that accident on you and not me. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm gonna keep trying. <laughs> um. I went and did some stuff with the folks from Ride Adventures. I've been doing all kinds of fun, awesome solo projects. Whitney, you and I have been working together. Josh, you and I have been working together. Um, all kinds of cool videos. Too. I, there's not a single motorcycle that I won't touch uh, aside from a Versus 650. And oh, yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> oh, I got to show you. I got a cup I have to show you because it's really funny. Um and, you know, I just, I like goofing around with all kinds of motorcycles. And currently in the garage, there are six motorcycles. There's my fiance's Harley, which used to be mine. It's a street rod, 2017. That's then, not going anywhere. That's not going in. Well, unless she wants to sell it. Uh, it's her bike, not mine. Then I've got, the, next to it is my Ducati Hyperstrata. That one may currently be on the chopping block to be replaced. You know once wow. something is thought about being on the chopping block, it's game over. It may be replaced by a Moto Guzzi Grizo 1200. So, because there's currently one at AF1 Racing. I'm going to go. And it's calling your name. It's calling my Because it's a Moto Guzzi Grizo. You never see them anywhere. And they happen to have an 1100 and a 1200 right now. They have two? F2. Oh, dude, AF1 rips. AF1 is awesome. <laughs> uh they're they're one of the they're the reason I get my hands on so many different bikes and they're awesome. They're an awesome dealership too. Not paying me anything to say that. I just believe it. I've bought my Ducati from them. I've been working with them for It's ever. a dealership owned by enthusiasts and not like a faceless soulless corporation. And you can tell. And you can tell. Yeah. Um so I bought my Ducati there. It's a 821 Hyperstrata 2013. Rode that one across the country and back, and I've been having a lot of fun with it, but it is a Ducati. Uh, it's a little temperamental. Currently, it's got an engine code. I'm pretty sure that that is just because the exhaust is, uh, the um, air fuel ratio is just so out of whack because it was so hot. Um, I think if I put my old exhaust back on, it'll clear off because it's intermittent because oh, a lot, it's Ducatis. <laughs> so uh, and then next to that is my KLR650 which is uh, a 2022 that I bought because I wanted an adventure bike so bad. And it looks like a 1986. It looks like a 1986 with a Z900 headlight. Yeah. It's, it's, and it still has the same motor. Um, ton of fun. I've taken it. I just recently took it up to Sturgis and rode off-road with it. I did that last year. I've ridden it all over the country, too. I took that one to Atlanta and back. You've binned it. I've binned it a lot. I've binned it a lot. Uh, it got used as an adventure bike, but it's still in great shape. Um, absolutely love that thing. But it may be on the chopping block as well, just because there are six motorcycles in there, and I can barely fit them all in my garage. It's a two-car garage, and the rest of it is set up for filming. Then next to that is a uh, Livewire 1, which is not mine. It's uh, been... Thank God. Thank God. It's been lent to me by... Livewire because they wanted me to check out uh, 
their their bike they wanted some reviews they and they just were like to piss off your fan base is what they wanted we, well you know what i'm i'm pure, perfectly capable of doing that on my own thank you very much they, they i genuinely like electric motorcycles i think they're really cool they're so much fun to ride and if i had more room and they were cheap enough sure i'd buy one absolutely i, I really like the one it's a lot of fun and i actually have a video coming out Maybe tomorrow, maybe Tuesday at time of filming of I put my buddy Ben, who's never ridden one for the first time, and he owns an MT-09 SP, and he had a great time riding it. Damn. So uh, it's, it's going to be a cool video. And then next to that is a 2003, I believe. I, I always, Honda Hornets are always like 2007 oh, era for yeah. me. Got that sweet little gem in there. Yeah, I've got the 2003 Honda Hornet, uh, which was actually given to me by a fan of the channel. Uh, his name is Alex. And again, Alex, if you're watching this uh, and you ever decide that you want it back, it is here for you, man. It is not here for you. I'm going to take it. Because <laughs> I rode it the last time we were riding. I was like, God damn, this is a sweet bike. Wh Whitney will fight you to the I'll death over it. it. <laughs> and I, uh, I had a personal history with that motorcycle. Uh, I owned an 07 for a year and it had a throttle position sensor issue and I had to get rid of it but it's the one that got away for me it's the motorcycle that got away now it's back in the garage and it's not going anywhere and then next to that is a RPS Hawk 250 which uh <laughs> Which you got for free? Or? No, I paid $800 for it. <laughs> you bought it from I bought it from Dark in the Road. Okay. Uh, you, drove, brother, you drove across the country to go get it, too. I, yes, I drove 7,000 miles to go buy this motorcycle. Um, I probably spent as much money in gas as I did on the motorcycle. And it, uh, Dork in the Road's brother crashed it into a rock in fairly spectacular form. And if you're watching, their video is probably going live right now. Uh, and he was fine. He's totally fine. He crashed it. And then he never wrote it. He got all the stuff to fix it. Um, it needed a new fork. It needed a new dash. It needed all sorts of stuff. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a spectacular crash. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> have you not seen the clip? No, I haven't. Oh, seen we it. got. I got to show you after we get done here. It's it's rough, and uh, I've just been slowly rebuilding it because I just wanted a light dual sport that I could fuck around with. Right. Um, it's cheap, and you know what? If uh, if I end up spending more on it than it's worth, I don't really care. I'm just having fun with it. Yeah. And I want to go ride a smaller bike. I've done my big bike stuff. I really like riding adventure bikes. I'm terrible at it, but it's fun. I really enjoy riding ADV, but I'd like to do some lightweight dual sport stuff. And then in a few weeks, in theory, I will be adding bike number seven to the stable. Hopefully it will be replacing the live wire. Uh, and that one is actually just going to be a solar eclipse, which is a 72 volt electric dirt bike. Was that the one that you rode with Derek? Very close. Oh, okay. It's very close in size. So it's like a giant mountain bike, essentially. Was it fun? Set, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Okay. They're, they're really fun bikes. And uh, that'll be in this table too. So I will have a lot of bikes in there. But I'm, I'm getting rid of, I'm probably going to get rid of two of them. I'm going to try to maybe replace one with the Grizo. You know what I always, you know, we left a gigantic motorcycle channel mm -hmm. that firmly said we are not doing dirt bike content anymore. And all three of us were like, um, 
I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> like all three of us were like, oh man, we can't have fun anymore. I mean, just riding off road is the best. And yeah. Josh has been goofing off on all those uh, tenores that are in your rental fleet, right? Yeah, but we had to break in four of them that we had just built and we had a group coming from New Zealand who just got back yesterday actually and they there was a group of six of them and they rented them for two weeks and they just went and rode 3,500 miles but we had to break four new ones in that we were adding to the fleet and so my job was just it was tough it was tough I had to go put you know a couple hundred miles on each of them and you uh, hired a group of people or they just happened to rent them no they rented them from us okay so it's not like you had professional Tenere 700 bike breaker inners come in and uh, break them in. Nope. It was me. I was the professional bike oh, breaker. Oh, you did inner. that. Right. I did that. Oh. And it was, so and it was awesome. 2,800 miles of bike break in? No, 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 no. no. We, uh, we did an abbreviated break in period. Uh, yeah. 200. You know, most of, most of the breaking in happens in, in the first 200 miles. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. But uh, speaking of no, breaking they, they, in, they did great. I mean, it's a Tenere 700. It's not going to have a single issue, even if you didn't do the first oil change. Uh, uh, speaking of Tenere 700s, this one this one should be a fun story. What happened to the one that you rode from that was like just brand new, uncrated, and then took it up to Sturgis and back all on the same oil change? That first oil. Nothing. Not a dang thing happened to it. <laughs> we changed the oil, put a new air filter in it. Um, it just got back from a two-week trip with some other dudes. Um, nothing, nothing at all. Yamaha was not, you know, Yamaha does not need <laughs> its uh, services as bad as some other bikes do. Um, it, it was feeling a little wonky by the time I got back. I think I was up to 16, 1500 miles on that thing. <laughs> Um, and it, we don't know, like, we're speculating, we don't fully know exactly, um, but we're kind of guessing that it didn't get that first change. So the clutch was feeling really like slushy and uh, it was doing some interesting things. But then you, good. then you did the first service and everything's happy? Yeah, happy bike. Sweet. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive when you consider the fact that a lot of that break-in oil is just, it's nasty fast. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, we were like riding in dirt and stuff and uh, not, it wasn't just like it went and commuted for, a, you know, a few weeks too long. It was like, we were, I was definitely riding it and getting you're to not Denver exactly to Sturgis in 90 being, miles an hour as much as I could. Yeah. You're not exactly known for being the most um, casual rider. Yeah. Most, <laughs> most pleasant to your motorcycles. Exactly. Yep. They were, they live a hard life. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I pulled the oil out of the Hawk. So the Hawk had zero miles when I got when it came to uh, Dork in the Road's brother. He, he bought it brand new, zero miles, uncrated it, put it back together, or put it together himself, set it up. And uh, that's how they come. And they come with just whatever break-in oil you get from RPS, the Chinese factory. After 60 miles, that oil busting mm, there you get what you pay for yeah so i dropped the oil and i put i actually had to adjust the valves on it too Damn. the valves were a little too tight so i pulled the valve <laughs> cover off and uh spent some time adjusting the valves um i need to change because i put a brand new carburetor on it i need to change the power jet 
But yeah, the, the brake in oil that came in the Chinese bike, if it had done 600 <laughs> miles on that, no thank you. Yep. If you're gonna if you're gonna break in a motorcycle, especially a Chinese one, you might want to consider swapping the oil. If it's Tenere, you're gonna be fine. Just never change the oil; you'll be fine. Yeah, small displacement stuff gets away with quite a bit, though. I mean, the tolerance are loose, the the, the compression is less, and you, you can get away with I don't know terrible things. Or if it's a Yamaha, I'd give it to them too. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> interested to see what this Hawk can do after I fix it up and get it out riding. Because um, right now, it's it rides fine. It's just when you get it on the power jet, it starts to stumble a little bit. Once you get it up in the in higher RPMs, it's just not getting enough gas. Mm -hmm. So it feels like it's hitting the, the like RPM cut, but I know it's a couple thousand revs short. So uh, I, need to, I need to change that power jet. Just a couple little tweaks to the carburetor. And fingers crossed, it'll be okay. But... It's, it's so spongy. It's really fun. It's like it's like you're going down low, low stakes. Yeah, you're going down a dirt road in a Caprice Classic. Yeah, it's like bouncing all over the place, and it's light. And if it if it hits the ground, I don't care. Did yeah, you, it's a good feeling to be able to ride with that ease of knowing that you're not going to have to, you know, you're not going to really suffer major consequences if something goes really wrong, whether it's another bike <laughs> or it's one of yours that you just have kind of committed to that kind of abuse. Yeah, exactly. This one, I, I just don't care. Did you like the FE? The FE 501? Not really. Um, so the FE 501 <laughs> is a phenomenal motorcycle. I'll say that I before. a lot of people on them. Yeah. So before, before I start bashing it, let me say that the FE 501 is a phenomenal bike. It is fast. It's aggressive. It's light. Expensive as fuck. How much is it, uh, Josh? If you about twelve thousand new, twelve thousand bucks or somewhere <laughs> in there. I was about to guess twelve grand. Oh, that's way too much for a dirt bike. I would never pay that much for a dirt bike. Um. So why do so many people have them? Because they're awesome. Because they're can, rich. They're rich off roaders, or are they just. Or is it going to last in your stable? Is it the thing that you just love and you don't care how much it is? I think a lot of guys around here are wealthy off road riders. They're the kind of guys who just have the money to burn on a twelve thousand dollar off road bike. All right. Um, you can also get them decently cheap in used, but buying a used dirt bike is a lot like buying a thirteen year old dog. That's like you got you got it. You want to play stupid games? Like you got to yeah. know what's coming. Um, dirt bike riders do horrible, terrible things to their bikes. Um, yeah. And dirt bikes take a lot more maintenance than yeah. a street bike usually does. Especially that FE. That FE is... Well, yeah, they, don't they calculate it in hours? Mm -hmm. Like when I was looking at used dirt bikes, like, this is how many hours are on it. I was like, what? Yeah, because <laughs> they, they don't have um, uh, odometers on them. A lot of them don't have speedos. Right. So, uh, yeah, FE 501. Great motorcycle. Now, let me say the bad stuff. It is incredible incredibly aggressive it like you snap the throttle open it's gone it picks up the it picks up pace so fast it's so snatchy it's so aggressive it's like would you go ride uh st george utah with it uh i mean 
so I wrote it in Colorado with Josh when I did that big off-road thing, and then uh, I busted my ass in a puddle because it was so aggressive. But do you think that's because because you're coming from the ADV realm, you're coming from the KLR realm, you know, like you're, you're stepping down, but now suddenly it's like a whole different beast. Yeah, and ADV skills don't really translate no. <laughs> super well to dirt bikes. Like I found that out the hard way too. I was like, oh, okay, I suck. Yeah, like stuff you can learn on an ADV bike. I had, when I was talking to Dallas from Traction Erag, he told me the same thing. He's like, yeah, ADV bike skills are awesome and dirt bike skills will transfer up. ADV skills do right. not go down. Right. So you're you're coming. Especially was, from the Pan Am. Especially from the Pan Am. That yeah. thing's doing all the work for you. And you're like, this is amazing. And then I got on a GS and crashed 800,000 times. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I can't ride at all. We got it. Josh, now that you're working with uh, the guys from Ride ADV, we got to get Whitney up there. Oh, it'd be so much fun. You, you oh, would, yeah. You would self-actualize out there. They're awesome. Well, it, it, you were showing me the Las Vegas, like the whole thing. I was like, yes, that looks amazing. They're, I'm not sure if they're going to keep doing Vegas, but they should because riding off in Vegas was so much fun. Yeah. I really liked Vegas. Um, yeah. The plan is for Vegas to continue. It's changing the, the course of the, like, the location facilities, changed up a little bit. But um, yeah, it's still going to keep going on. But they're doing it, doing it there and in Bend, Oregon. Because uh, when I was there with them in Vegas, we did the Bitter Springs off-road ride. Um, unbelievable. It was so much fun. And it the toughest part was actually like loose pebbles. Yeah. They were like lo loose marble-sized pebbles that yes. were kind of deep. Um, that, was, that was kind of a fun challenge. And then the rest of it was just nice, flowy, wide, off-road, slightly sandy, rocky stuff. Yeah. Killer. So much fun. And then the um, the like off road park that we went to the OHV, um, there was some there was some pretty nasty stuff in there that we went through. Um, nothing that was like, oh, I'm gonna die, but some stuff that was <laughs> okay, like, oh, I'm working now. That's the fun part. I think that's what keeps people going back to dirt bike riding is not dying. Yes, you're like yes, <laughs> like it's so satiating after you ride. Like when I was in a tenere in the sand hitting like giant pits and keeping it upright. You feel like fucking Superman. You're yeah, like, it's and, awesome. And that's what keeps you coming back. And I think that that's probably the thing that we've all sort of come to is the realization that you just don't get that experience on the street. No. You know, you, well, it's, you're going to die. Like, yeah. It's ultra high stakes. <laughs> if you lose yeah. back end, you die. Like, yep. You're, just, you're in a guardrail. You're under a big 18-wheeler. Yeah. You're not having fun. Yeah. Riding or, the, just, or the track you can get close you get a lot of those same sensations at the track but that's expensive <laughs> i i cannot keep, i can't keep that hobby up I, I i'm tempted to see if i can negotiate a way into like some track around here maybe go up to crescent and see if i can get like a membership that's not outrageous or, th or 316 track days that's run by a, a local group and they they do all the tracks too well, you know, just put on a dance. It's come on, it's track day riding. Put on a cross, put on your crown of thorns and your toga, and just go with it, <laughs> dude. I'll sign up for whatever religion if you're gonna give me a deal. Track days, dude. Yeah, track day. I'm Hindu. Suddenly, yeah, like whatever. <laughs> there you go. That's if you want to start converting people. If you're gonna learn anything from this episode of the podcast, the way to convert people to whatever religion you got. Offer free track days. Track days. I'm there. 
I'm there. What do you need me to pray to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we're we're running up on 34 minutes here. So I figure we start wrapping up this intro video. This has just kind of been a nice conversation getting everybody. There's so much to talk about. Uh, I've never had to just cut the throttle on like so many different tangents. We could we could literally go on for hours, and we will. We will in the next episode. But just a reminder: if you're here, all of everybody's social media stuff is down in the description below. You're going to be able to find Whitney's channel, Josh's stuff, my stuff. Uh, before we sign off, remind everybody where they can find you. So Whitney first. Uh, you can find me at Whitney Does on YouTube and Instagram. Josh. My Instagram is Suzuki Simp. You could also follow the GeForce page and see a lot of work that I do there. Um, yeah, Jake. Josh takes a ton of pretty photos too. If you, yes. if you want them pretty photos about motorcycles, Josh has Josh has got you covered. Fly Josh out and have him take pics. Yeah, he. He's, <laughs> I've been it. known to dabble with the camera. And then uh, you can find me for mediocre motorcycle reviews at uh, Spite's <laughs> Corner uh, here on YouTube. And then if you want. Very mediocre photos taken on a cell phone. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, occasionally, I will post some other guitar-related shit because all of this stuff back here... It's your passion. Is, yeah, that's that's what I do when I'm not filming. So, uh, yeah, you can see. Just, this, none of the... It may look expensive. None of this was more than $400. So, uh, each individual piece of gear are very cheap. But it looks really cool. And with that, I think we're going to call this the first episode of season two, the the reawakening, <laughs> the, the rejoining of Bottom Sprocket here. And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode where we're going to go off on I'm ready. all kinds of motorcycle industry happenings. So stay tuned for that. And we'll catch you guys in the next one.